Hey, good afternoon. It's uh, June 2nd or 3rd of 2021. Give a little late spring or mid-spring update. Um, a few people had asked me um, some meetings and, and events that we attend. I, I've got a few that it looks like they're going to come back this year. Uh, last year, as everybody knows, was kind of a down year. Might have been some fall meetings last year, but... Um, this year right now on my calendar, and I'm hoping to attend all three of these, uh, or at least two of the, of the, the main meetings here. We've got the Mid, uh, Mid-America Christmas Tree Summer Show, which is going to be at Dole's Tree Farm in Indiana. That's going to be on the weekend of July 23rd and 24th. Um, again, that's the Mid- Mid-America Christmas Tree uh, Association meeting. Uh, the other one, uh, the Michigan Christmas Tree Association, uh, their summer meeting is scheduled for that following weekend, which is the 28th through the 30th. Uh, that one's going to be, I guess, the meeting uh, displays and, and all that stuff is at the double. It says double JJ Resort, but I'm not sure. It might just be the double J Resort in Rossbury, Michigan, where they're going to tour the Montauk Tree Farm and KP Trees uh, Nursery there. Uh, their website's mcta.org, Michigan Tree Association. Uh, it's also like Great Lakes. I, I think they're connected. It's the Great Lakes Christmas Tree uh, Association. It publishes that, uh, that newsletter every quarter, which is really nice if you guys uh, are members of that or, or you're a member of a, a state that joins that and you get that, get that newsletter. It's, it's uh, really nice. Um, the other one that I, I don't know that I'll attend, it's a little bit further for me, but it's the national meeting, uh, the NCTA, uh, I guess they're going to hold that in conjunction with the North Carolina Christmas tree association this year, or they may every year that part. I'm not sure on, uh, but it's at Shatley farms in Jefferson, North Carolina. Uh, they will be having the annual wreath and bow contest there as well. Uh, that one is the nchristmastrees.com. Uh, now, for local, like the most local for me, we don't, we they have, sometimes have a spring meeting here. Um, this was our, our first year kind of going to the meetings and stuff, but they typically have a spring meeting that's a, uh, uh, a fundraiser. Did not have that again this year due to COVID, but they did have the fall meeting. And the next fall meeting for the Kentucky uh, Christmas Tree Association is September 25th. Um, this is going to be at Mr. Barker's Tree Farm and Tom Neiman's Tree Farm. Uh, this is in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, KYChristmasTreeFarms.com. Um, I will definitely attend the Kentucky meeting and look to attend the Mid America meeting. The Michigan and the national meeting, I'm not sure. Um, probably not the national meeting. But would like to go to the Michigan meeting. Um, not too terribly far for me, so we'll just see. A uh, little update, what we've got going on. Uh, like most of you, probably uh, you finished spraying, hopefully before bud break. Or if you're like me, you didn't get it all quite enough. I use a, like a 1% um, solution, so it's not super strong. And uh, I didn't knock it out good enough. So I had to follow it up again with another 1% uh, last week. 
Uh, being a little bit more careful now that we've got bud breaks. Hopefully I didn't get any overspray. You know, I use a funnel on the end uh, and band spray around each one with a backpack sprayer. But uh, we shall see. I've had good success with glyphosate in that reduced uh, concentration, really not hurting trees. So hopefully the same continues suit. Uh, more to follow, I guess, in our late summer update. I'll know if I hit any of those trees. Uh, lots of mowing going on around here. The uh, Christmas tree uh, portion of the farm is, uh, as most of you guys know, is pretty much a full-time job, just, just mowing and, and all that stuff. But when you have an, the other half, you know, uh, part of your farm is, is uh, still farmland, you have to bush hog that and, uh, and anything else you have going on. If you've got any other crops that you've got to tend to, this time of year is really, really busy, you know, cutting hay and baling hay. Um, is is what's happening on most farms right now uh, we just bush hog ours here and let it lay uh, to help regenerate the soil here the best we can we we do have some cover crops and stuff and maybe i'll go into that a little bit later on my notes here uh, mowing and spraying i made a note i need to do a better job on my grid on my rows um for you guys that don't know we're in our second year of operation here and uh Laying out rows is, is definitely something new for me. Uh, you know, previous experience, we used a mechanical planter and we just start, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, a transplanter, and we would just start on one end and uh, we would just drive in a straight line and, and plant rows that way. But it was more agricultural in nature, so it wasn't, didn't have to worry about mowing so much, right? It was more mowing around it, not in it, because we'd cultivate in the rows. But uh, my rows, my rows are, uh, they started at eight, eight foot rows and seven, in, seven foot trees in each row. And then uh, towards the end of the year, our last planting this spring, um, we actually went to seven, six. So seven, seven foot between the rows and six foot for the trees. And as we're doing this, my rows are getting, um, what I've noticed is depending on who starts the row, they started at either six or seven foot, so I've got some irregularities, which when you're just looking at the rows, not a big deal. But when you're mowing and you're mowing crossways, like we're trying to, you know, I'll mow, I'll mow north-south most of the time, and then every second or third mowing, I'll hit the east-west direction. Well, the east-west direction is a pain because you get halfway through a block and it shifts over about five, three or four feet because someone started... You know, we use a string and someone tied the string off with more slack on one end. And instead of it being a six foot tree, you've got, you know, eight foot for the first tree. And then it goes six foot after that, but the whole row is offset. So I have to be a, a bit more diligent when we do our row spacing, making sure we're, we're hitting everything just right. What I did notice is the rows that I didn't use a string on at all. Toward the end, my last like 13 or 15 rows, they're the straightest ones. I use no string. All I did was eyeball those for when we're going down and planting each tree. I look to the north of me where the tree is, line it up and plant a hoe. So I may go to that method. We shall see. Um, uh, seedling sources and results so far. This has kind of been a trial that we've been working on. Um, for uh, Most people probably just order seedlings from one place and they get what they get and then they plant that. Or, you know, even some people, I, I know they, they get from two places because they want to be a little bit, um, 
divergent or uh, they want to have it from a couple sources in case one source is bad or they have a bad year or whatever. Well, this year, because we're so new and I, you know, I wanted to, I gathered as many species and as many, and from as many different suppliers as I could, uh, in most cases, only ordering 50 to a hundred from each supplier, which made it a little bit more hard to track and pay and all that stuff. But in the end, what we ended up with was, you know, uh, 50 or 60 rows where each couple rows, two or three, four rows was a different supplier. Um, so I might have 10, I might have uh, a half an acre of cane and fir, but in that half an acre of cane and fir, an eighth of an acre is from this supplier and this an eighth from this supplier and so on. We bought, we bought seedlings from just about everybody that I could find that seemed to do it a little bit different or get it from a different region or have a different seed source or, or they do it a different way. Meaning, uh, some people listed their seed source, uh, and then we tried to use different seed sources. And some people are growing containerized stock, so it stays in a plug container, you know, a tree band the whole way through, and they sell it. Some people are selling uh, bare root trees, you know, seedlings where it's just a, a seed that's been transplanted after it, 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 you know, after a year it gets transplanted in a transplant bed, and they grow it that way. And some people are selling plugs or plugs that have been transplanted. And we bought a little bit of everything. Um, what, I, what, I've know, what I know so far is this for sure. Tennessee Wholesale Nursery should be blacklisted by anybody looking to buy anything from them. Um, that's been well documented on some Facebook forums and their website and reviews. Don't know what happened, but for sure, if you're out there considering buying anything from Tennessee Wholesale, don't do it. Um, the larger stock that I got, there's larger stock available in the Pacific Northwest nurseries, Oregon, uh, Northern Minnesota, uh, that, that area there. Um, their stock is much larger than the Midwest and the Eastern league nurseries. I'm not sure why. Um, if you order two ones, two twos, three ones, three twos, for whatever reason, the stuff that comes from Pacific Northwest region, uh, you know, Minnesota, Oregon, it's larger. I don't know what's going on there. So, you know, if you're looking for larger stuff, look at those guys. Uh, container grown is, ex is, is more expensive. You know, typically it's at least 50% more expensive. In most cases, it's double. Um, I might be able to get a 2-1 a transplant seedling for 95 cents or a buck five, you know. And the same container grown in that same size, you know, it's different. It comes in uh, cubic inches or whatever. It, it's probably going to be close to $2. And then depending on the seed source, it could be up to $2.30 if you're only ordering, you know, less than 500 or so. Um, so it's significantly more expensive. Um, what we've decided is this coming uh, fall and this coming spring, uh, we had some standing orders. We're going to change those. Uh, we're going to go all container grown minus, minus one order of seedlings, uh, transplants from one, one grower that we really liked, with, which was larger stock. Um, so we're, we're going to go to all container grown. Um, and so I'll let you guys know how that goes. It is, uh, we'll almost, we're going to almost double the cost of our seedlings, but 
When I walk my fields for the stuff that's over a year old and the stuff that is six months old and the stuff that I just planted this spring, it is, uh, it's night and day for me on our, on our farm. Uh, the bare roots get just such a varying degree of transplant shock. Uh, and the stuff we planted, you know, last year that was, uh, you know, bare root seedlings, transplants, and even the plug, P plus one, P plus two stuff that we've ordered, uh, it all has some sort of varying degree of, of transplant shock. Um, and that stuff that's a year, year and a half old is just now starting to look good. You know, it put on buds this year and it's growing out now. So all the brown stuff is, some of the brown, you know, had it, it is leaving, but it's still not vigorous. And it's not, it's not taking off like it should. It's not even catching up to the stuff that we just planted, which is a year younger. Um, so that, you know, I'm not sure that I'm gaining much by planting that stuff. Now, time will tell over the next two years what, what, what's what, but we're going to go container. The container, the containerized stuff that we got, the stuff that comes in like a, a 32 cubic inch plug, like a, it's almost like an Anderson band, but smaller. That stuff and the stuff that we got that was actually Anderson band size, uh, it looks really good. Um, I know, you know, that comes with its own soil. So a lot of that result could be is based on it's in its own soil still. It hasn't hit our soil. So, you know, we'll brace for impact on that. But right now, it, it, they are favorable and I'm going to go with what, what looks the most favorable. So we'll have three sources that we're going to get from this fall and this coming spring and we'll roll with those guys. Uh, results wise numbers. Um, so far, Stuff that I've planted within the last 18 months, okay, uh, about 1,200 bare root seedlings, I lost 52, okay? So out of 1,200 bare root, so seedlings or plugs, any transplant stock that we got, I planted about 1,200, and we lost 52, which, you know, for some of you guys, you're like, hey, man, that's not bad, okay? Well, that's what we lost. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not mad about it, but that's what we lost, uh, out of all the container-grown stuff, right, we planted just, just over 600 trees in containers. Either they came in a, uh, like I said, uh, like a three-inch by three-inch deal, a smaller type plug, or like an Anderson band. I planted, uh, what, almost 800, 750 of those containerized trees. Uh, I've got between six, 600 of those who came from one source. Um, but I only lost four. So far that, but that most of that stock is only four months old or three months old. And then a vast majority um, of that stock is fall planted. So it's from fall last year through now. So it's uh, eight months old. Most of it, eight, most of it's eight months old and a two, 240 of it is only three months old. I only lost four trees. I lost six trees mowing them down, uh, refer to the, the spacing um, where I've, um, I didn't have my spacing just right and got off on some rows. And I've, I've mowed, I've mowed more down out of those than, than we've lost out of those containerized trees. Um, what I've got noted here is seed source basically is the wild west for several species. And if, if you're not knowing what your seed source is for your seedlings, then you're, you're not doing yourself a good justice because I'm seeing the seed source and the type of tree that we put in the ground is, 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 is definitely have varying degrees of, of appearance and how they how they do here. So um, 
I won't get into the, the specifics of the seed source, but I'll just say that uh, some of the nurseries are getting their seed sources from public um, forest, public land, and they're gathering their, their, their cones and their seeds from, from trees, you know, in, in public areas. And some of these places have their own orchards. Well, the two places that I'm getting seeds from that actually have their own orchard or they have their own specific place that they get the seed from on a repeatable basis and they can identify exactly the seed and the seed source that they're getting, uh, that's, that, that turns out to be the guys that I'm going to continue getting my stock from because their plant stock, is, is, uh, it looks better, it's more vigorous, and it's, its survivability looks better at least for the 18 months. Um, cover crops coming up right now. Uh, we've got uh, the, the one-acre plot that we will start planting this fall. Uh, this will be planted this fall, and it will be planted in spring. It's currently covered in buckwheat and, Egi- buckwheat and Egyptian wheat, um, and, di- and maybe some rye in there as well. Um, it's about a foot tall right now coming up nice, but I do have several spots that I need to flag out and then I need to apply, you know, some topsoil and some compost in those areas because if you haven't listened to any of the podcast, that acre is the acre that got stripped back where an old pond used to be. Half of it's very, uh, good, uh, because it's the area that had all the old pond muck and, and, and all of that stuff, that bio material is in that it's, it's, it's really good. But the half that got uh, pushed out with the bulldozer, pushed it all the way back to the clay uh, layer and, and exposed some of the, uh, that, you know, the subsoil there. So we've, I've brought in, I don't know, about a, I'd say probably 100, 150 tons of topsoil that we've used off of our property that we peeled off of a lake uh, area that we opened up. And we've, I've probably brought in 150 tons of that and put it on this area, but I still got some spots that are light. Um, so gonna, a little bit more work that'll happen there late summer on that as well. Uh, end of July, I've got scheduled to take some soil samples from our existing fields uh, so we can get some update on the pH levels and uh, hopefully see some, see some change in the phosphorus levels on some of that as well, mainly pH. And then also get the sample off of the new fields that we're doing now. I expect those, this acre not to be really good because it's uh, uh, a lot of it stripped down. But we will, we will see what the, uh, the nutrients on that looks like soon. Um, when we just send our samples to local co-op because they do them for free. Um, I hope everyone had a good growing and mowing season and we'll follow up uh, at the end of summer. Again, if, if anybody's got any questions or wants to see, see or hear anything, um, we're on Facebook at Sissel Tree Farm. Uh, we've got an Instagram as well at Sissel. It's uh, Sissel Tree Farm, and our, our website is uh, christmastreeky.com. Uh, if you're heading to any of these uh, meetings, the Kentucky Fall Meeting or the Mid-America Christmas Tree, uh, look us up. Talk to you later. Bye.